0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Northside Nine podcast. It's time to kick back, crack a cold one, and get caught up on your Cubs baseball.
1: Cubs
0: are welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this lucky number 13 episode of the Northside Nine podcast. I'm your co-host, Ron Luce. I'm joined today by co-host Justin Hunter and producer James Jacobson. Gentlemen, how are we?
1: Doing good, Ron.
0: Doing very good.
2: I'm doing fantastic.
0: Good to hear, man. Good to hear. Well, as we record on this uh, relatively cold Monday night for the middle of June, um, guys, the the big event is around the corner, the Crosstown Classic. Um, Every year... You know, it's it's the talk of the town, whether both teams are good, both teams are bad. Everybody's always intrigued to see the Cubs play the Chicago White Sox. And uh, guys, what do we think is going to happen? The first two games at Wrigley, uh, it's starting tomorrow night. So probably when most people are listening to this, it'll be tonight. Um, and then Wednesday night before, uh, I believe the Cubs have another off day then on Thursday, before they start a weekend series then on Friday. So um, what do you guys kind of expect to see during this Crosstown Classic Series, is there a matchup maybe you're looking forward to, uh, whether that be pitching
1: or a pitcher
0: versus a hitter, anything like that? Just what's what's a storyline that you may personally be keeping an eye on uh, during this two game set?
1: Um, if I'm not mistaken, Hamels is going tomorrow round.
0: Uh, I will get you a fact check on that real quick. Oh,
1: uh,
0: either way, is. Okay, so Hamels versus oh, Nova.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I think I'm taking the Cubs tomorrow, no problem. And that'll be interesting because I'm pretty sure the Cubs have a – we're going to have a spot starter on Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, right? So actually Wednesday uh, right
0: now is slotted to be a really good matchup, and this is what I was going to actually bring up. Right now it is Lester Giolito.
1: Okay. Yeah, man, that's uh, that'll be a really good game. I like the way Giolito's been pitching, man. He's nasty. So Lester needs to bring his stuff because recently, man, he's really struggled for the Cubs. So I think it would be good for him to get home, you know, go against a a lineup that they're not bad. I'm not going to sit here and say the White Sox lineup is bad, but, you know, they're not the Dodgers. So, you know, hopefully he can pitch well and the Cubs get some offense on Giolito and maybe get into that bullpen. And we might, and I think we should sweep. The the Cubs should completely sweep this game. Based on talent, but it's baseball, and anything can happen. Yeah.
0: Well, said. James, is there anything you're excited about with this two game set?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so I'm on the same, or I'm, I'm in the same boat as Hunter with the whole Lester Giolito. That's going to be interesting, um, as we all know, Giolito has been dominating and completely took a 360 turnaround from last year. But um, at the same time, you know, I'm looking at it as this is a Sox team who. You know, they're taking the same route that the Cubs are or the Cubs were when they were rebuilding. And, you know, they're they're pretty much, you know, at the point where they're in that in between where I believe, you know, they're about to break out. Probably not this season, but, you know, they're they're a lot more competitive than they have been in recent years. So, you know, it's just going to be a more competitive, you know, what they play. Four games this year against each other, two at Wrigley and then two at the um, at the seller guaranteed rate right field. But yes. either way, you know we're we're gonna see hopefully the more competitive crosstown comp. You know maybe something, you know maybe some um, some tension between the two because I know the Sox they're they're fighting for a wild card position, and I know uh, you know Sox fans are pretty passionate about that, and they're they're hovering around that five hundred. So you know. I, I I'm just looking forward towards maybe more of a some type of comfortable or, uh, you know, competitive series compared to how it used to be, you know, in, in years past.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I uh, yeah, I think it's it's pretty safe to say, I think if I had to pick a game, I'm looking forward to out of the two. It's certainly going to be Wednesday night's game versus tomorrow night. I mean, obviously, tomorrow night's still going to be a great matchup. Um, anytime Cole's Cole Hamels pitches, I think it's certainly worth turn, uh, tuning into as a Cubs fan. Um, but yeah, to your guys' point, Giolito has been just crazy impressive this year. I mean, he's been going on average, probably what, seven, seven, two thirds innings, most of his starts. Uh, and on top of that, he's 10 and one with a two twenty two ERA. Uh, I'm pretty sure those are both top marks in the AL. I could be mistaken, but He's he's been incredible, and I agree with you guys. You know they need to get something off of him, even if it's two, maybe three runs. You know, say Lester gives up two to three as well. At least then maybe you're diving into that White Sox bullpen in the sixth or the seventh inning instead of maybe the eighth, eighth or the ninth. I think if G. somehow miraculously pitches eight, and it gets to the ninth, and Colome comes in, that's that's going to make things interesting. I don't think Colome is as elite as a Jensen or as hey Kimbrell who actually just qu- quick little note uh, was pro- quote-unquote promoted to AAA Iowa today so he will be pitching down in AAA now um, to get back and ready for the major league roster but that being said you know Kolon kind of that second tier of closers right now in the in the major leagues I don't I don't necessarily think he's a top-level closer he's good Um, but I don't, I don't know if he's, I wouldn't be terrified him coming into the game. If the Sox have a lead or if it's a tied game that the Cubs can't generate something off of him. Um, so it'll be certainly interesting, but agreed, you know, John's got to pitch better. He he's been a little shaky lately. Uh, he needs to get back to that really early season form. Um, when he was just absolutely, you know, arguably probably the most dominant pitcher in the NL at one point. Uh, Granted, that was very early in the season, but it'd be nice to see him even get halfway back um, to that point. Well, gentlemen, uh, this is probably going to be the extent of what just the three of us discuss in terms of uh, the Crosstown Classic. Um, We are going to be joining the Shy Sox Weekly guys tonight. For those that don't know who our our guys over at Shy Sox Weekly are, uh, that is our counterpart show on the ONTAP Sportsnet for the Chicago White Sox. Uh, That is hosted by Tony Marchese, uh, John Suarez, and Johnny Nani. So we will be hanging out with those guys, talking the Cubs-White Sox series. Uh, And before all of that, though, let's just take a quick ad break, uh, and then we'll get right into the, the meat and potatoes. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you to our sponsor. Uh, gentlemen, what do you say? Should we dive into this uh, discussion with the Shy Sox Weekly guys?
1: Let's do it, man.
3: We're joined by Ron Luce, Justin Hunter, and James Jacobson. They are the hosts of the Northside Nine podcast from ONTAP Net. We all know who Ron is. Ron's been on Four Feathers. He's uh, co-host with Johnny and I. But uh, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and give us a little bit of background on uh, how the Cubs have been doing, guys.
1: Uh, yeah, my name's Justin Hunter. Um, I joined on with you guys for Northside Nine. I've uh, been a Cubs fan for a very really long time. And about the Cubs, they've they've kind of sucked, man. They haven't been good on the road all season, and it really manifested itself with this West Coast trip, they went to uh, Colorado, pulled one game out of there after leading the first game, and then they got rocked, I think, like 10-2. to two. And then they followed that up in, in the Dodgers, where they had two 3-0 leads in the first two innings, blew both of those, and barely scratched out one after a big 2 run home run by Rizzo. So, I mean, other than that, the Cubs have not been doing good out away from home.
2: Got them right where we want them. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. So what they're 15 and 21 on the road this year. Um, and my bad, my, my name's James Jacobson. I joined North nine as well. Uh, as soon as Ron kickstarted that. So me and Hunter came in at the same time, but yeah, the Cubs have just not been doing good at, on the road at all. Um, you know, 15 and 21. And, and then this is a team who seems to be You know, getting to pitchers early on, but they just can't seem to continue that trend throughout the game. And they eventually get stifled throughout. And then, of course, you know, the bullpen issues come in to hurt us later on the game. But, you know, it's just they're in a little uh, rough patch right now. But hopefully they can get out of it here with this upcoming series, as you guys know. And we're facing, you know, your uh, your diehard team, the, the the White Sox.
0: Yeah, and it certainly doesn't help that our team doesn't know how to hit with runners in scoring position. Uh, the friendly, familiar voice, uh, Ron Luce here. Yeah, I the guys, I don't know what the hell's going on. I, the Cubs just don't know how to hit with runners in scoring position. I think they're like 224 right now, batting average, runners in scoring position. I mean, you know, it's nice when you got the long ball going and you got guys like Baez pimping home runs and Rizzo pimping home runs. But, you know, when you get guys on – what was it yesterday, Justin? You know, and James we were talking about it during it the was, game. What, was it uh, second and third with a one second out and they and couldn't third,
1: score anybody. One out, Caratini, they pinch hit Caratini, little jitter back to the mound, more with the worst lead I've ever seen from third base. And just easily got thrown out. And then Baez hit a ball that Verdugo caught with a thirty percent catch probability. So that's just just the way it's been for the Cubs so far.
4: I love
3: drinking these tub fan tears right now. I really do. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: It is hey, so so what, one thing, guys, really quick. I was watching a bit, I believe that was Saturday night when you guys were at L.A., though, and I think uh, our guy Patrick Comiskey uh, on Tap Sportsnet, uh, Socks, and among other things, uh blogger there, but he had mentioned, you know, you can't count the Cubs out. So you talk about, you know, having this rough stretch, and yes, it was definitely rough stretch for you guys out uh, on that West Coast swing there. Um, but watching that Saturday night game, you can't count the Cubs out um, when they have that power. Ron said, you know, about the long ball. Um Rizzo comes up in ninth inning, uh, clutch two-run home run there. Um, I mean, it it just seems like you know it may just be us being a little uh, salty about it, but it does yeah, seem it like blew they, my there...
5: parlay straight into the fucking moon. I was pissed. <laughs> but, <laughs>
4: but you I... know, you got you got plenty of bats that can do that though. In Rizzo, in Contreras, in Baez, uh, you know, it it uh, it just seems like there's always that uh, punch factor. And uh, you guys may have a good chance to show that off on uh, Tuesday night, uh, the opening night of the series when you got Ivan Nova going for the White Sox. So'
0: never been so excited for Nova to be on the mound ever in all my life.
1: yeah, oh. man they they better get all their runs there because they got Giolito the next day. But I mean, yeah, I mean, this Cubs lineup. they got five guys who can legitimately hit thirty plus homers. You know, it's just it's the situational hitting that has really killed this team the past couple of years, and uh, I don't want to say killed, you know, relative. I mean, they've been a playoff team, but it's what separated them from building the dynasty we all thought was coming. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, home runs are nice, but you got to you got to at least get one and run in in those situations. And I feel like every time there's a guy on third with less than one out or less than two outs, it seems like that guy's getting stranded every single time. Am I crazy for that, Ron? Or? No,
0: it really does feel like that.
1: I mean... I I think it I think they said that right now in
0: the major leagues the uh, average of runners in scoring positions is like twenty seventh or something like that like that's that's not a recipe for a winning team like you know like we said you know there's guys that can hit for power but if you can't tr- simply drive in a guy who's you know at second or third with less than two outs you're not going to win fucking games.
3: And keep going because I'm just I'm just loving this.
0: I can see your base. Big- if smell in the corner, am my out loving all of it I get it all right Wallow, <laughs> wallow in our sorrows. Right? Well, you fast. know here, here,
3: here here's the thing is what are we normally talking about on shy socks weekly or socks on tap or anything like that it's situational hitting getting runners in how many runners did the socks leave stranded and it's just it's really refreshing to me as I crack this beer um to listen to you guys bitch and moan about a team that's been to the playoffs countless number of years in a row about their situational hitting and getting runs across the plate. This is something that the Sox have failed to do for like 10 straight years. And, you know, it's it's interesting to see your guys' side of this because, you know, I thought we were the only team out there in the major leagues that could, could not get runs across the plate when we've got runners on base. Um, so this is, I'm, I'm just eating this up.
4: <laughs> All right. So you, you talk about that. I, I just want to leave uh, one thing in here though. So um you know Tony talks about the position that these two teams are in. Um us White Sox fans death desperate for uh competitor uh Cubs fans getting it consistently over the past couple of years. Uh, you talk about a competitive division, um that is definitely the NL Central um, you know, so, some Cubs fans like to p- downplay the, uh, the Cubs Sox series. Um, I mean, it's fan, it's fun for us fans, uh, as a, you know, North side, South side rivalry, Yeah, your know, Cubs fans, friends that you talk smack to uh, and vice versa for you Cubs guys to the White Sox fans. But, uh, you guys are in a, uh, th- these are going to be important ball games. You guys are one game back of Milwaukee right now. And I believe they're just getting underway in San Diego tonight. Um, you guys want to take as many as you can right now at this time, especially against a team that is two games under 500 here. Um, because you know, look what happened to you guys at the end of the last season. Um, if you had won a couple more series, a couple more games early, uh, earlier on in the summer, that could have seemed like inconsequential, uh, meaningless games as some people like to call them. If you're Cubs fans that, uh, you know, don't think the Crosstown series, it just comes at a critical juncture, is basically mm-hmm. what I'm saying here for you guys. Uh, do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean,
0: this is this is kind of now in that point of the year where, uh, you know, these games are really all starting to matter. And all these interleague games actually have some weight. Um, obviously, the interleague schedule isn't what it used to be, where it was really heavy in the June and July months um you know circuit 10 years ago but even now i mean you still get most of these interleague series coming up now in in june and july and these are the games you got to win especially you know especially if you get an opportunity to play you know for example let's just say any bad al team you know somebody you can beat up on you got to take those games uh and actually speaking of the the brewers and padres going uh the padres are already up two nothing so uh that machado has
5: got a home run and a double already he's pissed
0: about getting tossed yesterday I love it. I like it. I'll, I'll let him be pissed because he's doing doing us a favor by beating the Brewers. So. But yeah, I mean, I totally agree. These are important games for the Cubs, and they're important games for you guys too. I mean, you guys are still in, absolutely in the thick of things right now in, in the AL. So um, I, I think this is the first time, and I think it's pretty safe to say and what maybe – this is I think, probably the first time I can think of it, at least in the last maybe 10 years, where it's actually been – fairly important for both sides it's not just a one-sided affair for these games
5: 2016 it seemed like it meant a whole lot to us when the first crosstown series came around and saladino hit that walk-off and then by the next crosstown because they split it like i mean this year it's not too far spread out i think it's like two maybe three weeks apart but yeah, that weeks. was the year that we did it in may and then july and i'm tired of the fucking two game sets like let's all be real here they deserve to play six games against each other. That shit pisses me off.
3: Absolutely.
5: And Ron might have pissed me off a little bit by saying a weaker AL opponent <laughs> that they should beat up on. But you're good. <laughs> no, I know. It's all it's all fun.
0: No, nah, and I wasn't even referring necessarily to the Sox. I'm talking about the rest of your guys' fucking division. That's like, true it, because series- you play an interleague series, you end up playing... You play All that the old other division. The old yeah. division, yeah. I mean, that was the beauty for, you know, a couple of years there with the AL Central. It's, you know, even if the Sox were good or, like, the Indians were good, more likely than not, the other four, three or four teams in the division were dog shit. You know, and those were games that you could, you know, beat up on. Those are those were games you should win. And especially, you know, I think back with the Cubs, the, you know, 16, 17, 18, I mean, I, I think about that twin series when the twins came to town at the end of June last year, and it was like 14-9, 15-6, but, you know, the Cubs were able to get away with a series win, and those were big games for them. I mean, those are the type of games that, you know, they need to win, and and even, you know, if they have the opportunity to play teams like the Toronto Blue Jays or, you know, teams like that who are struggling, the Baltimore Orioles, that's a team I'd love to see right now because the Cubs should win all three games against a team like Baltimore, so... Um, you know, and just it's nice seeing different teams too. I'm kind of sick and tired of seeing the NL Central because all of those teams just piss me the fuck off every time we play them. So,
4: it, you know, you talk about like the matchups, like, you know, your matchup against a divisional opponent. And sure, like some, like we had two against Washington, um, two on the road and then two at home. Um, but like we're going to see the Braves two more times than we see the Cubs this year. And I think that's a little bit ludicrous. Um, you know, I'd rather see those games uh, cross town series. I don't know about you guys. Um, So I think uh, I think it was Tony and John that brought that up. Like I, I, uh, I wish that it was the the old school of, you know, at least three, uh three games at each place. So uh, they did it last year, though. Yeah, they did. They only do it when the Sox are
3: slated to play the NL Central as their interleague play teams. So. <clears throat> that's you know but you you make a good point they're going to see the Braves more why not just schedule these games because you know they're going to draw especially in chicago major league baseball should be aware of this and actually schedule these games because you know they're going to draw why do we want to see these two game sets against uh you know washington when you could you know obviously switch some stuff around and you know only see a two game set against the cubs Make these three game sets unbalance the schedule a little bit and make it play for the rivalries. That's my that's my contention point. To there, you don't have to you don't have to balance it. Just make it make it interesting for the fans.
5: In my one hundred percent honest opinion, I think it would make the most sense for them to do a four game set and a three game set and then alternate each year. So like one year you do the four games at Guaranteed Rate, you do the three at Wrigley, and then the next year you do the four at Wrigley and the three at Guaranteed Rate. Because what people want to see is they want to see a Crosstown Cup get brought home in a non draw fashion. Because we saw the Sox brought the cup home, like I think it was four years straight. And three of those years, they literally split the series. So, yeah,
3: that's true. Good point. Good point, John. That's stupid as
5: hell. So, I don't know. They definitely could do a lot better. But I still get excited as fuck. Like, I have work off tomorrow. That's how I plan on starting to drink fairly early, like, especially with the Von Nova start. I okay, yeah, I'm pretty need, sure it's for a long start. night. Would you as guys... as said, that
0: sounded like, that sounded like <laughs> getting ready to cover up for wounds. Would you guys yeah. be
3: in favor of the way they did it before interleague play started where they had the exhibition games to determine that Crosstown Cup? Maybe, you know how each team starts off the year with that exhibition game? Would you like to see an extra game between the Sox and the Cubs, even if it didn't mean anything in the standings, if it was just for bragging rights, would you guys be for that?
1: I mean, yeah, why not? I mean, I I don't see how we could it could really hurt, you know. I think, you know, a point you talked about earlier, like anything that just up this rivalry. Because I don't know about you guys, but it just seems like there's no intensity in that rivalry. You know, like the fans, we get riled up, we talk shit, you know, we run our mouths, but it just seems like there's nothing on the field, and you know, maybe that can change with you know Tim Anderson. I'm sure if he gets a hold of one, he's going to let let the Cubs know. But I hope so. You know, <laughs> I think they just need to play more, man. I mean, I think. You know, it, it'll never be anything like you know the Giants and the Dodgers because they play in the same division. But it can As be something. Right yeah, it could be yeah. something close. You know, these could be two teams that legitimately hate each other. Other than it's just two, like oh, it's just it's just it's like a gimmick almost. It feels like unfortunately, and you know maybe that's just because it seems like whenever one team's good, the other one's not, and they just haven't lined up. But, I mean, just, I don't know, I I just want something to kind of up this rivalry. And it would be huge for baseball in general. Though if you throw a game or two on ESPN, I mean, the Dodgers have been on ESPN like the last five nights, I feel like.
0: Yeah, and when's the last time that, honestly, there was, I mean, we were talking just briefly earlier about it. I mean, this is, in my opinion, this is the first time since 2008 that this is actually an important series for both teams. I mean, that was the last year that both teams were competitive. And I remember the Crosstown that year. The Crosstown was electric that year. You know, like that that's what you want the series to be. And that's when it's good baseball. And that's when it's not only good for the city of Chicago, but it's good just for baseball as a whole because you have two competitive teams in the same city and maybe you create a little bit of that, you know, animosity. You create a, a Tim Anderson bat flip or you create a Javi bias, pimp home run. Like – Something of that nature, and all of a sudden, now there's that little bit of inten- intensity of that Justin saying that the series is lacking. Because I, I I think that's very true. Outside of the fan, the Cubs Cubs fans hate the Sox from just a on field standpoint. There is no oh fuck you guys because it's just like eh, it's an interleague series, and it's just like it it kind of sucks almost because you want it to be more, you know there to be more intensity and more passion and, and on the field, not just off the field between the fan bases. So Johnny, I think this goes back to what you and I talked
3: about. And you hear the Cubs fans, the Cubs guys talk about this as if this series doesn't matter. And you heard the comments from Dylan Covey earlier this week. I th- I feel like it does matter to the White Sox. I feel like it does. And I think that some of this gets dismissed within the media and the Cubs fan base, especially just due to their success over the past ten years, whereas the Sox have been basically the lesser opponent all these times. But if you remember, go back to last year, the Sox took that game that sent the Cubs to the wild card. I think these series actually do matter. Every game in the, in, in, that you play in, within your schedule matters. It's not just you know your division games that are important. It's every game. Every game could be the difference between your team making the playoffs or missing the playoffs. So in my opinion, even though maybe you don't see that electricity within the series and maybe you don't see both teams being the best, but I remember a very, very fun night last September where we celebrated a victory as if it was our World Series win because that game was the World Series for Sox fans when we beat the Cubs last year at
4: the right. Yeah, and that was that was a September series, like you had mentioned. Um, if the Cubs take because the Cubs ended up taking the Saturday and Sunday games of that series, if they were to have taken that Friday one against us, that big win that the Sox had, um, they probably would have set themselves up to not be in the wild card game. I know there were a couple other games too after that that they blew at Wrigley too in that mm -hmm. last uh, week stretch. But just any any point in time there, um, if you were to. Uh, Add that win in, it may be a different outlook for the Cubs and they're not in a wild card game. They're not eliminated after, uh, you know, one and done. So I I think it matters. Uh, It'll be interesting. And just going to just touching on something that Justin had mentioned, I think this is a perfect time to ramp up that rivalry, play it up even more. Um, with the White Sox star young stars emerging, uh, the Cubs obviously with a plethora of talent, um, guys that are well known across the league. Um, Lucas Giolito finally getting his recognition on the White Sox side. Uh, Tim Anderson obviously making a bunch of headlines. I think it could be really, really fun. So that's just my take on it. Um, I, I, I think I feel like you guys are kind of in the same ballpark
1: there. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. And another storyline that we haven't really mentioned is Eloy's coming home. And, you know, the way, he's been, the way he's been hitting, you know, it, it kind of worries me. It just feels like the way Quintana's been pitching recently, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. been, like, fine, I guess, that Eloy's just going to come and hit three home runs in his two-game set. It just— So, know, here's, my,
3: here's my question that I've been dying to ask you guys, is how pissed off will you be watching Eli Jimenez go yard at Wrigley Field?
1: Okay. All right. Here's here's my thing with it. I don't want Eloy or Dylan Sears to be bad. Like, I, I, I wouldn't wish that on players. I just want Quintana to be good, damn it, the, the, the that trade. So I, would be, I would be pissed. I, I would be mad. It's like, I want to see Eloy do good because he seems like a really genuinely good dude. I just wish that Quintana had like a 3-2 ERA and we wouldn't even be talking about this trade being completely one-sided, it looks like at this point, especially if Cease comes up and is it who everyone thinks he's supposed to be. Yeah, if Cease can be half
0: the pitcher that he's projected to be. It's it's still going to be a, a one trade for the White Sox because Quintana's been a very average pitcher for the Cubs, and he's had his moments of brilliance, just as he did when he was on the south side. You know, He has those moments where he looks like he can be an ace pitcher, and... All of a sudden, then, you know, he has two or three games in a row where he implodes on himself and he, you know, gets in his own head or whatever the fuck it is. And it's just, it is frustrating. And especially, I think, as Cubs fans, I think what even makes it more frustrating the, about this trade is because the Cubs have not produced a homegrown pitching talent in as long as I can remember. You know, even Hendricks wasn't technically homegrown. He was grown in the Texas Rangers system and the Cubs just traded for him when he was getting close to ready to come up to the big leagues. I mean, Dylan Cease was projected to be the first guy to actually be that for the Cubs to be drafted by the team, developed in the system and finally come up and hopefully be a part of the rotation for years and years. Instead, he's going to be pitching on the other side of town, probably doing really fucking well and the cubs are going to be sitting here scrambling again for pitchers because we got a bunch of old fucking arms now in our rotation who in 2 years are going to need to be replaced because either money or just their arm starts to fall off because they're in their mid 30s and you know upper 30s and you know you're going to have what what is these 23 24 at the oldest and, and you know and he's going to be a good young pitcher and that's really frustrating for cubs fans because we don't have any good young pitchers and we haven't had any good young pitchers in a really long time.
3: So the most interesting development on shy Sox weekly episode 41, it is Ron Luce has dropped more F bombs than shy Sox John We have so all far. season. Yeah.
5: <laughs> he got the memo though. I mean, I like it. Take the filter off, you know, it's crosstown. Let's get a little crosstown wasted and let's talk shit about
3: the opposing teams. Why not? Well, it, I don't know if I don't know if Ron's talking shit so much about the opposing team as he's wallowing in the E-like trade, which is another thing that I'm just drinking right now.
5: Yeah, they've been talking more shit about their own team. Yeah, yeah. I mean
3: we could we could literally just have them host Shy Sox Weekly, and it would be becomes trash talk at this point in time. I didn't know you guys were so down on your team. It, it's it's really it's really <laughs> interesting.
0: <laughs> it's I think it's the timing too, though. Yeah, I they had thinking. a bad stretch. Yeah, it yeah, was, was a really really bad week. Bad It was a really bad week because, you know, Justin said, they really should have taken three games against the Dodgers. They were up in those first two games. They were up, I think, 3-2 and 3-0 respectively. And then they shat the bed late in the game and they let up, you know, five and seven runs and they lose, you know. And and literally, if it's not for a two-run bomb by Rizzo in the ninth inning in that third game, they get four games swept against the Dodgers in L.A. And it's just, it's not a good look, man.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it's more of like the expectations of this team at this point, you know, after 16 and having this pretty much the same young core position players, you expect more at this point. And the amount of money the Cubs bring in Theo Epstein and, you know, Theo's been good, but he's also made some moves that have really hurt this team in the long run. And I think the frustration is the Cubs are a good team right now. They're one of the top, I think, three teams in the NL. But are they a a World Series caliber team? That's what at the end of the day, that's what this team is supposed to be. And you go play a team like the Dodgers and you know you get swept because you can't hold a lead. And that's the kind of team you're gonna have to get by if you wanna if you wanna reach this ultimate goal. If the Cubs lost in the NLCS, I'm pissed. They they failed. They they need to win one more with this core in my eyes to, you know, make this somewhat of a success. You know, maybe Maybe we're wishing for too much, but, you know, when you win the World Series and these guys are all very young, you expect to, shit, at least get there another time before all their deals are up in two years.
3: Yeah, and just... How
1: are you guys going to feel on Thursday (laughs) after you
3: get
0: swept again?
1: Uh, (laughs) uh, come on. We'll we'll talk
0: about that when when we get to that point. But, I mean, here's another thing, too, to consider, and, and this is something that I think we can tie in for you guys, because... You know, Justin and I kind of touched, you know, Justin, James, and I, we all touched on this kind of in, in in our intro, was, you know, this White Sox team is going through what the Cubs went through. This is the exact same scenario. You build up through the farm system. You make really good trades. You more or less have to fleece teams for, for some of your decent assets. So, think the Quintana trade. I, I mean, shit, I'm still sitting here thinking about... The Ryan Dempster trade—that's what landed Kyle Hendricks. Um, you know the—I don't even remember what they sent to Oakland to get Addison Russell at the time. You know, I mean, there was there Simardia, was all
1: these, right? Wasn't he a part of that? That was a Smarajit trade.
5: That yeah. was a Simardia
0: trade. Yeah. I mean, and then and then you look at like the Baltimore trade that yielded them at the time Arietta and Stroke, which whew, to the till this day might be the best trade that Theo Epstein's ever made.
1: Was but, Feldman? The Feldman trade?
0: That was the Feldman trade. Yeah, Feldman and Clevenger. I don't even think Clevenger played a game for the Orioles. But you know, they're right now. You know, the Sox are going through that. They're they're building up with guys like Kopech. They're building up with guys like Cease. They're building up with, and now you're starting to see these guys come to the big leagues. You have Eloy coming up. You have you know Tim's been in the show and establishing himself as a great player. Yoans up and establishing himself as an everyday player. It's kind of in that same scenario where now those expectations are beginning to be built. And think, let's say, three years down the road from now, let's say 85% of the the White Sox prospects at least become big leaguers. They contribute on the roster. Maybe they're not superstars, but they're contributing on the roster. Aren't you guys going to have expectations, too, to win? And that's kind of where Cubs fans are. Is Like Justin said, this is the same young core that won the World Series. Well, are there this team not many you know sure yeah Miguel Montero's gone and David Ross retired but Wilson Contreras is still here Anthony Rizzo is still here Chris Bryant's still here Javi Baez is still here Russell's still here Schwarber's still here I can go on and on and on probably 70% of this roster is still the same you know who you're really messing? who are we really messing? Jorge Solaire oh <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> oh yeah we can just
0: see it 19 times a year in Kansas City now <laughs> I do not miss
1: Jorge Hazel. <laughs> you're missing Starlin Castro too, man. Two thirty with one hamstring. With one hamstring. <laughs> that they, dude was they, always here's hurting. my here's my next question for Those you guys. Did the
3: did, did the did the Glabar Torres trade really screw you guys? No.
1: Yeah, no, because it got the, Chapman. got Chapman, man. At the end of the day, the World but Series. Gavin almost Trump's screwed you Trump's out of the World
5: Series at one point, didn't he? They're not I mean, getting there
1: without him though. Almost, yeah,
0: almost true. only works with horseshoes hand grenades and atom bombs. My guy, we still got that 2016 ring. That's all that mattered. Like, okay, so here you, you just and, made
3: and drums. You just made two different points here, Ron. And one is the, one of the things that I've said before on this podcast is that flags fly forever, and Damn right. you got to be happy with the fact that you guys took home a championship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that's really interesting, the 108 ran a poll about what do you consider a success in this rebuild? And the Cubs went through it, too. They went through a rebuild. They mm-hmm. made it to the World Series. You guys have been a consistent playoff team over the course of once your once your pros, prospects made it up to the big leagues. You've mm-hmm. made it in there. You've given yourself a chance. And I've heard Theo say this over and over again. The goal isn't to just win it one time. The goal is to make, give yourself a consistent chance to get into the playoffs because then anything can happen. So th- with that in mind, wouldn't you consider what you've been through so far already a success? Or are you guys not considering? And I heard Justin say this. He doesn't consider it a success unless you guys win multiple
1: championships. Well, I, I think, think the – go ahead, Justin. Go ahead oh. Well, I think it's just kind of the way this championship team was conducted. Now, I'm not going to like that championship was one of the happiest days of my life. Crying, uh, you know, it, it meant so much, but I, it's just natural that you want more. You know, I, I don't know a how you guys bath that day. Yeah. I, I don't know how you guys feel after, you know, the 05 World Series, but, you know, once you get a taste of that and, you know, you see that you have the chance to win more. I think, like I said earlier, it's just the core that was there. And you're like, all right, these guys are just going to get better. We're going to have maybe three MVP candidates at some point. And it's almost seemed like it's not as good. But, you know, I've said multiple times, this right now is the golden era of Cubs baseball. So if they don't win one, I'm not going to feel terrible. But, you know, you expect to win more, I guess. So it still would be a failure in my eyes. But winning that one World Series, regardless of what happens here, will still be one of the best days of my life. And I'll always be thankful for what happened at that point. It's all about me,
4: competitive windows in today's game. I think that that kind of uh, is the point that you're trying to drive across. And, you know, we've seen it with the Blackhawks. Uh, they capitalize on their window. It's uh,
1: exactly that's exactly where what I was going trying to with that.
4: take words out of your mouth, Ron. But I, I yep. definitely agree. I, I can see both sides of it. Obviously, yeah. you're going to cherish the World Series forever. Um, but you don't want to just be lightning in a bottle and they have the core that it's not that. So um, right. the, that's just the vibe that I get from looking at uh, the Cubs team. Here's, here's it, it the, was,
3: other, well, sorry to cut you off again, Ron, but no, you're just guys, you know, one mic. you, uh, yeah, six guys, one <laughs> mic. It's a little, it's a little bit difficult in here. Um, You know, I, I don't even think we're happy with the three championships for the Hawks. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about this on four feathers, a lot More, we want more. So it's easy once you taste that success to want it over and over again. But, in the grand scheme of things, it's really hard to get across that finish line in any sport.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no hundred percent, and that's where I, that's kind of where I was going with my example was, you know, the Hawks win that first that first cup in twenty ten, and everybody's pumped, and it's okay. These guys are coming back because they had that core, and that's that's kind of that idea that Cubs fans are is, it wasn't just they had the core. It's not like Baez, Rizzo, Bryant, all these guys were thirty years old when they finally won it. They're all in their early to mid twenties. When they won that World Series, I think Rizzo was the oldest part of that core. He was like 26. Like the whole core was so young, and you knew they'd be together for a long time. And that was the part of it that was okay. This is again what Justin said. This is the golden era of Cubs baseball. This is the chance for them to take advantage of this young core and having these guys all together under very reasonable contracts to go take that and, and get at least another one. You know, you again you look at what happened with the Blackhawks. They had tapes. They had Kane. They had Keith. They had Seabrook. They had this whole core, and they went on and won three championships. And again, now that we're kind of sitting in this, you know, kind of limbo period right now with Blackhawks hockey, it's it's really easy now to kind of think back and go, "Wow, what an era that was." We just lost John. Appreciate it more. No, wait, did you? I'm here.
3: No, I'm talking with all this Blackhawks talk. Oh, oh, you, you did, did lose, lose me. me. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna lie.
5: I was gonna butt in and he be did. like, "What the fuck are you talking about, hockey again?"
0: He did look very disinterested. So the well, no. I,
5: honestly, uh, I'm watching Monday Night Baseball too, and Kenton Maeda just took a shot to his arm by Evan Longoria. So I was like, kind of looking at the slow mo of that real quick. But I mean, I'm still locked in. So it's here, like here's a, a little hot.
3: Here's a real hot question for you guys: How pissed are you to see John Jay in the depths of the minor league system of the White Sox? I know that was your guy, so
1: you know just John, John. Jay was kind of the man for the Cubs, man. I mean, he, he, was, a nice he player. was he was kind of what the Cubs needed. And needed a veteran bet, and you know he was spraying singles all over the place. Played fine defense. I can't remember if he was hurt very much, Ron. Do you do you remember? So yeah, he was he was pretty healthy when he was with the Cubs. Uh, he he played pretty
0: significantly actually. He he played a lot of uh, you, know, you know he really
1: player. he was uh, leaving for a while. A yeah, course, yeah. Especially
0: with he the way was, the offense was that year. Was that 17? I think that was 17 when they were oh, just... early in the
4: year, they were dog shit. I think I think when you're talking about John Jay there, he was a great value replacement for Dexter Fowler because Fowler was your yeah, catalyst in I'm 2016. Sure. Uh, that's the that's way I look at John Jay there. And that's why yeah. I was a little excited. Um, I mean, not over the moon about it, but it was an upgrade over what we had um, Adam Angle-wise, uh, just some of but these Adam other Angle kind of quadruple-A...
0: Will glove type outfit. He
4: is. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted so keep to keep... We, to- we, don't, we don't need to go into that. I'm just saying. We'll that. definitely give you...
1: <laughs> we'll give you Mangle for something.
3: I'm sure we can work out a deal.
1: Well, we picked up cargo, so I mean, I guess we can just swap them out. I to say, you want Carlos Gonzalez? I wanted him on the socks in like 2012.
0: Well, how do we size <laughs> I think we all did. I think we all wanted him out of Colorado like five years ago. 2013. Yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, John Jay – but John Jay was a nice player. I mean, he was kind of that uh, – to, to Justin's point, he was that leadoff guy, kind of that – he was the the tweener between Fowler being you know what Fowler was to the Cubs obviously in that championship run and then kind of Albert Almora taking over the reins now as the prototypical center fielder. And I say that with quotations because uh, for whatever reason ever since Cargo came – they really love playing him in right field and then playing Jay Hay in and center and Alberto Mora's is a gold glove caliber center fielder. And he's my, he was my preseason hot pick to win a gold glove this year, but he's not going to play enough because Joe decided to try out cargo instead of double a, but I digress and that's a whole nother conversation for another time. But yeah, I mean, John Jay, that was as soon as that signing honestly happened. Um, I kind of, I remember at least thinking to myself, I'm just like, huh, ah, like that's actually kind of a nice signing. That was, it's kind of one of those signings that the Sox could use because at worst, he produces well for you and he helps you guys go on a bit of a run and, and try and make the playoffs. And, you know, if things don't go well record-wise, he becomes a piece you can deal at the deadline to a team that is competing and maybe get a prospect back. So yeah, kind of like a Michael Brantley. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> Oof. So, um, I'm sorry, Gonda. I know you wanted him. It's one of my like five blogs, man. It was a good blog. You have been great for
5: us.
3: Yeah. <laughs> one of your five blogs. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Tony loves it. All right. Well, let's kind of get a little bit of a preview um, upcoming to the series. We've talked plenty, you know, Cubs' current state of their season and the Sox current state of their season. You know, all our listeners are basically up to date on that. Um, Like I had mentioned a little bit earlier, the Crosstown Classic starts tomorrow. Well, probably today for when this episode gets released. But um, we got Ivan Nova, who has been very inconsistent, but he has had a couple of good starts this year for the Sox, mostly away ball games that he does start well. So we'll see how that goes. And then we got who your guys, I mean, I don't follow the Cubs like that. I know Hendricks is having a hell of a season, but Cole Hamels is also having a hell of a season. So I would say at least, if not your ace, one of your top two pitchers that we have to face. So it would probably be more in our favor if it was Lester Nova and um, Hamels Giolito. But, you know, let's talk a little bit about tomorrow slash today's game. Um, let's get a little bit of a prediction out of those north side nine guys. You know, maybe maybe not show too much bias, but I do understand you do have Hamels going. Um I'm not really sure what you guys have going on injury-wise either. So if you guys want to fill us in a little bit on that, if anybody like any key players are hurt, I have probably watched a total of <coughs> innings of Cubs baseball this year.
1: I mean, yeah, man. Uh tomorrow's gonna be a tough one uh for you guys just because of the way Hamels' been pitching. I think he hasn't let up a earned run in his last 23 innings pitch. Something crazy Holy like great. that. Oh,
5: wow, that's encouraging.
1: I mean, it's all it's all just working for him right now. His fastball is sitting 93, 94. Uh, he's got the good curve and the change. He's moving that cutter in and out. I mean, he's just been, like, watching him pitch has been beautiful lately. You know, he had a little stretch where he was walking a lot of guys, but now he's kind of, he hasn't, I think he's walked like three guys in his past four starts, so. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough one. I think I've seen Nova pitch twice this year. I think once he pitched well, he had the sinker going really well. And then the other time, I think he let up like seven runs or something like that. So I don't know how he's looked from your guys' standpoint uh, as of late, but I haven't been able to watch him too much. As yeah, shitty just, as it is to say, he's looked like our
5: number two. <laughs>
0: oh, man. Oh, I man. mean, just the, just to kind of add on too, to what Justin said, I mean – Uh, One big factor, I think, for for White Sox fans that you guys have to consider for tomorrow is it's going to be very cool in the city of Chicago. And typically when it's cool in the city of Chicago, the wind blows in at Wrigley, not out. So, you know, if the wind's blowing in tomorrow night, that could bode well for Nova because then you can't give up the long ball to a team that, as we discussed earlier, really depends on the long ball right now to score, you know, runs. On the flip side of that, if the wind's blowing out and howling out like it could be, uh, that's could potentially spell disaster um, for Nova because, to, to Justin's point, Hamels has been nearly unhittable um, in his last you know, three-plus three outings now. Um, one, I think, really the most major injury, just kind of to your question, John, was uh, Hendricks, um, arguably the Cubs' best pitcher right now is on the 10-day I.L., and I, I still hate saying IL. It sounds weird. The DL. No, we still call it the DL. You're good. Okay, that just it feels weird saying it. But it, it, you know, he he had some shoulder inflammation after that Dodgers start, where he was really the first time in probably seven eight starts that he actually didn't look good. Um, he only went I think four and a third, and he gave up at least four in runs. And you know, then he landed on the ten day ten day DL. So. I mean, that's a big injury, especially right now. The Cubs are kind of going through this debate of who's going to pitch in his spot. Uh, A lot of people think it could be Montgomery. A lot of people think Chatwood could get a spot start. A lot of people think that, um, you know, top pitching prospect right now, um, or one of the top pitching prospects, at least in the system, Albert Elzele, could even potentially get his first look at big league action in kind of a spot start scenario. So, um, I would say that's probably the largest injury right now to the Cubs. Otherwise, it, they're they're pretty much a full blown roster right now. Everybody's at least playing and and healthy. So, yeah, that it definitely bodes it bodes well for the Cubs. I think just from a pitching matchup standpoint, uh, at least on paper. Obviously, anything can happen once the game starts. But uh, yeah, Hamels has been untouchable, and to to confirm Justin that, this, that his last twenty three innings, he hasn't given up nerve run.
1: So yeah. I want
4: to flip it. I wanted to flip it back to the south side uh, real quick, just since we were on that little injury update. We had given it to our listeners right before we had you guys call in. Um, Wellington Castillo, White Sox catcher, has gone on the injured list due to back uh, stiffness. So uh, you guys may see a White Sox uh, pretty uh, highly anticipated prospect. Catcher Zach Collins, uh, Mm -hmm. possibly making his debut at Wrigley. Uh, That is the speculation that he'll be called up. So um, he is a big uh, power guy. Uh, He takes a lot of walks, um, which is kind of interesting for his type of skill set. But those are his strengths. So I don't know if we'll see him behind the plate at all. Um, but it, it's definitely a possibility. Uh, I don't know if they're going to trot out McCann both games. So, uh, that was just one thing I wanted to fill you guys in on. So, uh, be on the lookout for that. I think that'd be a pretty cool thing for him. Make your debut at Wrigley field. Um, that, that'd be pretty cool on his side. Um, we're talking White Sox, Ivanova, um, inconsistent. I think uh, John said that it was uh, it's the best way to describe it. it. It'll have a solid start. I think he uh, shut down the Yankees pretty much at a time or like when we were back in uh, New York and looked great. Like Justin mentioned, when the sinkers go in, um, it, it, it can be good and he looks like our second best starter at times and then other times we get roughed up and uh give up nine hits seven earned runs through like you know four and a third so um it's going to depend i think a lot what ron said on the wind um when we're talking from white Sox pitching standpoint uh lately um so i uh i would probably have to give the nod to the cubs this uh game just because of the uh um, pitching matchup on paper, but um, let's get your guys' predictions real quick for the first game and then we'll move into the second game.
1: Um, I think the Cubs are gonna, I, I'm gonna say they're gonna split right now. I, you know, I'd really, I really want them to sweep, but the way G. lito has been pitching, I mean, Lester hasn't looked so good the last few times out. I don't know if you agree, Ron, but I think he's had the one good start against Angels' B team roster. <laughs> and other than that, he's been getting hit hard. So, and the way G. Leo's pitching, I know you guys will definitely brag about him later, and I want to hear it because, I mean, he's looked like, I think he's definitely a top three pitcher in baseball right now. 100%. Yeah, I agree 100%.
0: Um, I think right now if we're, if we're just talking predictions for the first game, I think the Cubbies take the first game. I think Hamels is going to come out and look like he's looked his last three outings. Um uh, again and to your point you know nova's just too inconsistent right now to i'd say feel confident as either a Sox fan or as an opponent to say that he's going to come out and pitch well enough for them to win um the wind definitely plays a factor i think if the wind's blowing out it's a high scoring affair potentially if if hamels gets dinged up a little bit if it's the wind blowing in it's going to be like a two nothing game because nothing's getting out of that ballpark tomorrow um yeah and if if we're looking ahead i agree um you know, just a couple little stats here on Lester. In his last six outings, uh, he's only gone six innings twice, and he's given up, respectively, five, four, seven, one, four, and six earned runs in his last six starts. So, um, especially against a ten win, ten and one pitcher with a two twenty two ERA in Gieto, Uh that'll I think bode well for the Southsiders then on Wednesday.
3: Tony? Um, you know, the key to tomorrow's game is going to be how long Nova is in. If he can get through the first two times around the Cubs batting order, and we see the bullpen a squad that uh, Johnny Nani has uh, debuted on socks on tap. Um, we, we have a bullpen a squad and bullpen B squad. The bullpen a squad is pretty well rested. We haven't seen uh, Marshall bomber Herrera Calame throw too many innings against the Yankees, especially over the last two days. I know Colomay just got caught in uh, on Sunday to throw a little bit of a maintenance game. Uh, For him, he didn't really see any action in that Yankee series, no save situations. If Nova can go four, five innings and not really get through that third time through the order, because that's where he seems to struggle, Sox are in a good spot because they can trot those guys out there. They're on a few days rest. Um, They haven't thrown too many innings. I think the Sox can pull this one out if that's the case. What you don't want to see is Nova get touched up early. If he's with, you know, if he's given up enough runs within the first few innings, count this Sox team out of the ball game. Um, you know, going into the Giolito start, I think the Sox take that game hands down. Um, I'm predicting a split here, but there's a chance that the Sox take both of these games, especially if you see that bullpen A squad come out and shut that Cubs lineup down It relies on the long ball. And if runs uh predictions there about the wind blowing in. Uh this could spell trouble for that Cubs lineup. I think the Sox have a good chance here. I'm gonna toss it over to jonda
5: Yeah, so I kinda wanted to throw like a little bit of a hot take. You know, you guys had mentioned that the Cubs are coming back from Los Angeles. Um and the Sox, you know, they've been home for the last week or so. They haven't really done much traveling. Um, not always, but sometimes in baseball, you know, teams start a little bit rusty when I don't know if, if they were on the road much before that Dodgers trip, you know, it wouldn't make much sense if they just kind of went to the Dodgers for a three game set to come right back home. So you guys can fill in there if you want to. But, you know, I honestly think that the Cubs, you know, like you guys had said, they start hot. I don't really think that they're going to start too hot tomorrow, especially if, like, you know, Ron had said, it is supposed to be a chilly-ass day. I haven't had to turn my air conditioning on in my apartment in, like, four days. It's fucking beautiful. So, you know, if the weather cooperates, um, stays chilly, and, you know, Nova, he pitches better on the road, like I had said, you know, I really see the Sox being able to win tomorrow's game. That being said, I don't think they're going to win tomorrow's game, kind of like Tony had said, you know, They definitely have hope to definitely at least pull one of two of these games, but I can see them winning both games not easily. But the Sox started this gauntlet of games where they had a two-game set against the Nationals. You know they had uh, four at home against the Yankees, which they had split, and then we got this two-game set against the Cubs. And they can't look too far ahead because you know we're in Texas playing a hot Rangers ball club this weekend. We uh, I think we go into Boston, that would make more sense. I think Boston already visited us. So we go to Boston, and then we have to go – or no, I think we're home. And then we're home against the Twins. So we have a lot of tough games coming up. So the Sox can't be complacent, and they definitely can't let tomorrow slip away, especially if they're in a chance to win tomorrow's game. They need to be able to capitalize on it. So like both uh, the Shy Sox Weekly guys had said, we do have a very well-rested bullpen. Um, we've kind of been trotting out shit (laughs) the last couple games from what it seemed like. You know, Kalame pitched like an inning on Sunday, the most pointless inning of all time. Um, Bummer pitched a little here and there. But, you know, we haven't seen Sean Marshall in a while, so we know he's rested. So if Nova gets um, Sean – yeah, why did I say Sean Marshall? That's a Cubs guy. Evan Marshall. See, we're talking about the Cubs. Yeah, it's making me think about the Cubs. So, I mean, if we're here – and Nova, we can get at least six strong innings out of Nova and he could stay away from the long ball. You know, the Sox could definitely pull tomorrow's game.
4: So I I wanted to throw in one thing, just a little bit of a counterpoint. Um, I think we are going to go with a split here. Um, and it'll probably be the standard one. Um, hate to have the cookie cutter, same response. Um, as you know, everyone, but just looking at it, you know, Lucas Gilo has been lights out so I could see the White Sox taking Wednesday's game. Uh, John, I'm going to go ahead and say that the Cubs do come out hot tomorrow. Um, it is Ivanova. The Cubs are just ridiculous at home, 24 and 11. Um, I feel like they're going to be back in their comfort zone. They had a day off. Um, today, so uh, that that's just the way I see it shaping up and just the amount of dangerous hitters in the lineup um, that Ivan Nova is going to have to face. I feel like at least one of them uh, we'll get to him, and if he has a walk before that, then boom, you could already be down two. You could be down three, depending on how many you're on. So um, that is just what's leaving me a little uneasy, uh, just with the potency throughout the lineup for the Cubs. So that would be my prediction. Um, do we want to get into a little bit more of Wednesday's game? I know you guys said we were going to have our moment to uh, talk Giolito here Um uh let's get into it uh tony uh, let's get the rundown on lucas giolito and his unbelievable run so far this season well first off you can't go to me because i'm not allowed to talk about lucas giolito that's That's why i went to you
3: that's first off i mean i'm not (laughs) i mean i'm not allowed to like this guy at all there's there's no talking about lucas giolito for me and how dominant he's been this year Um, you know, I just, I don't want to make anybody mad, but I, I really like the way Lucas Giolito is thrown. I think it was the first episode of shy Socks weekly. I said, Lucas Giolito looks like an ace. He finally looks like an ace. I mean, it took a little bit of time, but he's finally there. Um, you know, if, if I'm a big, better guy, I'm putting money on the socks on Wednesday. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how much money John puts down on Wednesday. I'm really curious. Because, I mean, this is this is just a wonderful betting opportunity, um, I think, for, for a big better guy. And I'm really curious to see what his take is. I mean, Lucas Giolito. Guys, how funny would it be to see Lucas Giolito continue on this pace and get that AL Cy Young? Before Chris Sale has ever oh. gotten a Cy Young. Hot take coming from Shy Sox MKZ here. But it's definitely possible.
4: Oh, it... Dude, and you know what the thing is at first, like during when he started this run, you're like, okay, he's going to cool off, he's going to cool off. And I do think there is maybe a little bit of regression, but. Just the way that he's fixed his mechanics in general, man, he's got it locked down in the fastball changeup combo coming from that six seven frame. He hides the ball better now. He's got the short arm swing, throwing it more from behind his ear as opposed to way out to, off to his side. Uh, he's shielding it from hitters more, dude. I can see it, and right as of right now, if if it, uh, first half of the season were to end today, I think Lucas Giulio has to be the AL starter for the All Star game.
5: No, hundred percent. You guys are not wrong, and you know. You guys are aware of the Giolito struggles on the north side nine. You know, here's the guy who had the highest ERA in the entire MLB last year who is just lights out dominating. You know, he tweaked his uh his motion a little bit. He used to straighten his arm all the way out, and now he kind of chicken wings it. So it's a little bit of a deceiving look to hitters. So a lot of hitters struggle picking up his release point. And, you know, if you can continue that dominance – for the stretch of dominance that he's had, he, like you guys had said earlier, he's 10-1. and one. His ERA is down to 222 right now. You know, here's a guy who did—he topped out at 10 wins last year. And he was even lucky to even reach that number. So, um, I would love to see Lucas Giolito shove against the Cubs. And for us to be able to pull a victory off, you know, it would suck for that— I would much rather see 11-1 and one with the W against the Cubs than 10-2 and two with a loss against the Cubs. So that's all I'm really going to say on that. I do expect, like you guys had said, Zach Collins may not see action against the Cubs because James McCann has been pretty hot. He's definitely one of the hottest hitters in the MLB past the seventh inning. I just saw a stat the other day. He's hitting like almost 400, inning seven and beyond. So... I don't expect Collins to get too much tick, but a flaming hot take from Shy Sox Jonda is if Zach Collins does get a game against the Cubs, I honestly it would be awesome to see him put a ball on Sheffield. That would be incredible.
0: Ooh, you better hope that wind's blowing out if he put I a ball that'd all the be way a bomb
1: Sheffield. on Sheffield.
0: That's like four fifty at least. Yeah. That'd be a, well. He's a lefty, a so new. he can't
1: really
5: put it on Waveland. And his spray, his spray chart doesn't really show too many bombs to the right. So hey, that's
0: fair. Or that's understandable. understandable. No, I think I think we're all pretty. I mean, yeah, we're all in agreement here. I think I think it's pretty safe to say the Sox probably take Wednesday's game. I think it would take a full-blown Giolito implosion uh, in order for the Cubs to come out on top. Um, he's been incredible. I'm, I'm not going to downplay it. You know, call a spade a spade. He's he's been the best pitcher in the AL this year. I don't think there's a pitcher that I can think of off the top of my head that's come anywhere close to being as good. I maybe couple of the names that even can be in the even same echelon right now, and maybe a Domingo German from the Yankees. Um, and really outside of that, I can't even think of anybody else. Odorizzi, and that's a – yeah, I mean, yeah, Odorizzi's had a nice year for the Twins. and so, But that's really it. I mean, a lot of the really – Verlander maybe, but –
5: yeah. I he mean, got roughed up his last go around. though. Well, not even roughed up. He had 14 strikeouts, yeah. but he gave up three fucking home runs. Did you see that? That was nuts. Yeah.
4: He's, I mean, the when we're talking about Giolito being in that echelon though, he's finally. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, he's definitely up there. And I mean, I, I, admittedly, I, I ended up lucking out. So I went to a game with, um, my buddy's younger brother. They're all Sox fans. So we all went to the game the one night, um, it was uh, Tuesday night, probably almost three weeks ago now. Uh, Giolito pitched I think he went seven and two thirds or seven maybe just seven flat and got the win uh, and then I ended up somehow ended up back at the Southside ballpark that Sunday when he pitched again and got another win. so this, you know I've gotten to see him live twice this year and to be completely frank, I don't remember ever getting to witness games like that. I, I don't even think Sale was that dominant when he was with the Sox at times. I mean, he's Giolito's been virtually untouchable right now.
5: <laughs> Wait, so, Ron, I got a quick question for you. How many yep. Sox games have you been to this year? Because we,
0: we went to a Sox game together. We have. I've been to a lot of Sox games because I live on the south side, but I'm a Cubs fan, and it's $7 to go to the south side ballpark versus at least you know 40 or 50 for me to go to the north side. So uh, I've
3: seen I've seen Ron out at the Southside ballpark in full socks garb.
0: Really?
1: Is yeah. there a picture yeah. of this? Nope, I mean, no, no we picture. haven't. I think no pictures. I, I need to see it, Ron. I need to see if it's true. <laughs> no like, pictures. Stop talking, guys. <laughs> <laughs> there are no <laughs> pictures. I'm not worried about it. That's all he would <laughs> say. Yeah, honestly though, back to Giolito, I think like he I've, like, up. Been able, up. <laughs> I've been able to watch him. And when that fastball is at 97, 98 and he's got one of the nastiest changes I've ever seen, man, I I just kind of makes me wish I wish I wish the Cubs had a guy like that. Like their best pitchers with stuff wise is probably you. But other than that, they got a lot of soft test, soft slinging old dudes and then Kyle Hendricks. So, yeah, I mean, he's sick. I do think the Cubs, I mean, Lester's kind of had these stretches his past three years where he's looked really old and then he goes on a seven of at least, you know, seven quality starts in a row. So I think if Lester's is on and maybe the wind's blown in, on you know, was that, would that be Wednesday? Wednesday yeah. Wednesday night. If the wind's blown in Wednesday. I mean, I could see them. I'm dueling. I think it'll be a low scoring game regardless unless, you know, Lester just implodes. But I, you know, I, I think he'll have a comeback game coming back to Wrigley. You know, he's furious after his last few starts. So, It'll be a good mm-hmm. game, though. I'm excited to watch that uh, pitching matchup, to be honest.
0: Yeah, and it's actually supposed to rain on Wednesday, too, so that'll be something to keep an eye on as well.
5: Yeah, I saw someone uh, had posted earlier that they, like, are already predicting that that game's going to get moved to Thursday because both the teams are off, I believe, even though the Sox have played on Thursday. Oh, they do?
0: Cubs host okay. the Mets on Thursday. Yeah, I just oh, okay. checked. We'll
5: tell the Mets to get the fuck out of town. We got a game to play. <laughs> hey, I'm okay with that. I'm I'm d- Johnny. Hey, Johnny, <laughs> I you, you,
3: you call up Rob Manfred and let him know.
5: Yeah, I mean, the Mets will probably not even show up anyways. So Only Pete Alonso will show up. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, he's been <laughs> insane. All right. Well, do you guys have anything else for the Northside 9 guys? I know we kind of we kind of basically covered it for the most part. I don't know if you guys have anything else you guys want to talk about.
0: No, I think it's just going to be – it'll be fun, you know, getting to see both of these teams being competitive. I mean, I again, you know, we've hit on it numerous times now. It's been a very one-sided affair or both teams have been bad in, you know, the last 10 years. I mean – so I think back to you know 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014. Both teams were not very good, so this this series was really just about the fans being able to talk shit to each other. It wasn't about you know too high quality baseball team playing on the baseball diamond. Sadly, uh, this is really the first year that we're going to be actually able to see that. You know, we're going to be able to see um, you know some of these you know great young talents that the White Sox have coming up, and and it's going to be a, a time for the the Cubs talent to further showcase themselves as well. Um, I'm excited. I'm I'm excited for the whole series. And I'm you know, and something you guys mentioned as well. We don't have to wait two months for them to conclude the series. We're waiting maybe two weeks. You know, the they play what, the sixth and the seventh, I think, right after the the fourth of July July holiday. Yeah. 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 Yeah, So, you know, we're we're gonna be able to see a conclusion of the series here in just a couple weeks now and you know Ideally, both of these teams are still going to be kind of in the same place in the standings, assuming neither one of them implodes or goes on some crazy run. So, um, to further you know the points made earlier, these are you know four very important games for these teams, and, and the first two start at Wrigley you know tomorrow night or tonight when most people are probably listening to this episode. So, uh, I'm excited. I, I'm actually looking forward to tuning in and watching the games. I'm looking forward to tuning in and and, and seeing what happens. Do we know what the announcers, um, the tandems are? Is it going to be flip-flopped again like it has historically been, where it's the Cubs guys for the Sox games and vice versa, when they're, you know, like the away teams? Uh, Because I'll I'll admit, I really like listening to Jason Benetti, um, especially now that it's not fucking Hawk Harrelson, so... Hey, hey you put he, just, back Hawks yeah, yeah, he just... Wow. All right, he and that just was Ron And that North was
3: Ron Luce. Luce. He's been booted from the call. He's been put on uh, He's no longer allowed to, <laughs> to talk. And it doesn't.
4: To answer the question, though, it does look like there are two separate broadcasts, um, oh, NBC okay. Chicago and WGN, both uh, TV broadcasts. So, um, yeah, you know, you know, it would be I think it would be a good mix. It would be fun to see Lester and Ben. Uh, uh, excuse, what, what am I talking about? Len Casper and Jason Benetti in the booth together. I well, think that'd be a
0: aren't they? I think they're actually now that you mentioned that, I think they're doing that for when it's at the rate. I think it's going to be AJ Prezinski and Len Casper in the booth. If I remember correctly, I
4: like that. I think that. You're
0: right. I think you're right. I thought I saw that somewhere where they're they're going to have one of each in the booth. I kind of like that idea. You know, they I should would...
3: put AJ Przinsky and Barrett <laughs> in the booth together.
0: I think that would <laughs> be, be amazing. There would be no talking. It would just be fist fighting. Um, no, I would honestly, I would love to see Len Casper and, and Benetti in the booth together. I think that would be an entertaining broadcast just because that's two well spoken, you know, smart guys that just talk in baseball. Um, I would actually enjoy the hell out of that broadcast. And I, I honestly, I like Steve Stone, too. So I don't mind, you know, if they were to do that idea, kind of mesh the groups together. Maybe Benetti and Deshays do a broadcast together and, and Casper and, and Stone or something like that. I think that's actually kind of a cool idea. Um, and it'll actually be really unique to kind of hear, you know, Brzezinski on, on the mic with with Casper here in the coming weeks. I remember, you know, during, you know, you know Hawks retirement tour when they had, you know, Frank in the booth with them for a game. And I think Pauly Canerico did a game with them. And, you know, they have all these, you know, kind of the, the Sox legends of, of yesteryear uh, come in and do games with them. And I think it would be kind of cool to do that for the the Crosstown series going forward. You know, like maybe how, have them. I
5: know they always mash up the pregame. So I know that they always do, like, um, Jesus and, like, they did, like, Scotty Pods. Who was it last year? It was, like, yeah DeJesus, Scotty, Scotty
4: Jesus. Yeah, Big Hurt, Big Melton, Bill yeah. Melton. Um, Who else were the
0: Cubs guys though? I can't remember. David Kaplan and yeah, uh, and um, oh, G. Son of a bitch. What's his name? Um, outfielder Justin, help me. DeJesus. Uh, no, 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 not that These your guys. Yeah, I don't I admittedly don't. want three And this games,
3: this I describes think. Cubs fans right here for you.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, but no, no, you're right. I mean, and I've been talking about it for, I mean, ever since Benetti. I, I'm a huge college football guy, so I've been listening to Benetti for like a few years now, and I just love Benetti, dude. He's the fucking man. So while I do miss Hawk, so fight me for that, but Benetti is probably the best possible person we could have replaced Hawk with because he is, well, I mean, Sox fans are very lucky
4: to have him. Yes. So yeah, I just um, want to very one, big quick, one quick story. I met Len Casper, actually, a couple of years. It was uh, not too long after the uh, Cubs World Series run. Great guy in general. Um, gave a great panel. He was talking with uh, Mark Grant. Um, who was an alum of Joliet Catholic where I went to high school. And it was kind of like an alumni uh, banquet fundraiser sort of thing. Um, so it, it was really cool to uh, um, get to meet him in person. Um, great guy. So I can't uh, be salty about, you know, I don't mind turning on a Cubs broadcast and listening to him. Um, so it, uh, I, I definitely think that'd be a great crossover team. Uh, Len Casper, great guy. so.
1: Yeah, man. I'm mean, I'm just really excited for this uh, for the series. Just mainly because of the players in it. Um, quick question though: Is Moncada going to play it all this series? Probably I know not. His backs bothering him. Is he is he
5: day to day? Or I mean, I'm gonna assume he'd be day to day. They haven't moved him to the DL, IL, whatever you guys want to call it yet. Uh, right. But I mean, they did. T- I mean, he's only played what two total games in the last week. And you don't. I mean, if there was a DH spot, maybe you may see him as a pinch hit bat. But I would expect to see Jose Rondon, <laughs> unfortunately, for the, yeah, for the upcoming series. Unless Zach Collins magically plays third base and we don't know about it, then <laughs> that's the whole reason they called him up. <laughs> well,
1: wouldn't that be something? Yeah, I'm excited to see Tim Anderson. I think he's like, like one of my favorite players in the game. Just the way he plays the game. I love. I would love to. See him live. I don't want to see him pimp any home runs, but it'll be cool to you know just see him out there. And then definitely Eloy. I'm really just curious to see the return of Eloy, a guy that we never got to see even wear cubby blue, and who we were all excited for. I think at the time we all kind of knew he was going to be part of some type of trade. Uh, There's no way the Cubs are going to keep him. Just with their crowded crowded outfield, outfield. yeah. Yeah. Even though he might be the best one out of anyone who's playing. This is
3: this is the one thing I told Nani the other day was I realized the other day when he went deep twice how much I would hate seeing Eloy Jimenez in Cubby Blue. Like, I would absolutely hate it. He's just such a personality. What a play. He's, he's just everything that I've wanted out of a Sox player. Even from the the off field, he he's Yomer Sanchez with absolutely amazing baseball talent. You know he's got both of those. You know, yeah, things. the personality, yeah, the personality mm. that he's going to bring to the South Side team, as well as the ability to hit the ball onto the fucking fan deck. I mean, you can't couple those things and not just fall in love with the guy. I would be so jealous if I had witnessed Eloy Jimenez come up in a Cubs uniform. And I just got to say how happy I am that we traded Jose Quintana. I wasn't a big Jose Quintana guy at all, so this this trade, even if it was just those two straight up, I would be thrilled with. But I mean, hearing you guys say how you want to see Eloy and how he is, this guy's amazing. You know, I, I'm mm-hmm. expecting the world from him right now, and it, it may not it may not turn out to be everything that I hope for, and I hope it does. But as of right now, like he's he's got to be one of my favorite players in the game of all time. Just from the brief little bit that I've gotten out of him, you know, he's he's on on the camera before the game. He's interacting with the with the pregame show. He's, you know, he's doing all this funny shit, the the okay symbols that we're going to get banned from Wrigley Field for, all this stuff. You know, all he, the high he, moms. Yeah, all the high mom everything. Just everything he's doing right now, it's a it's a different personality that we haven't seen on the White Sox um you know, with that talent. I mean, we've gotten a little bit out of Yomer, but uh, with the talent to back it up, uh this guy's just awesome. And I'm I'm so happy that he's on our ball club.
1: I have a I have a quick question Thank for you. Thank you, Tony, for rubbing that in. <laughs> I have a quick question. What would uh, Eloy at his best season, what would it need to be for you to be I guess, meet your expectations of what he is now? Like what do you expect he'll be? Like a two eighty, forty home run guy? Like I'm just curious. That's actually a good question. I would like to have an Consistent answer. Consistent pop would be nice. I think
5: I'd be content with like thirty and hundred, and at least an average above two seventy-five. But I mean, if you're an hundred RBI guy and you're hitting home runs like that, your average, while it does matter, doesn't necessarily matter. It really, I mean, it really depends what the Sox put around him. And I mean, I would love to see him in the in the cleanup spot in years to come. You know, because he's—I don't think he's played a game in the cleanup spot yet. I think the highest he's gotten in our lineup is fifth, and that's in a mediocre Sox lineup. You know, once that bat starts to heat up and we get guys like – I mean, and Yonder Alonso has hardly even been playing. We haven't even really talked about that.
3: He hit second in one game, I think, Jonda, but that was like it. That's
5: weird.
0: I don't even remember that. He should never be hitting second. So so you guys guys are saying that when Nick Madrigal comes up and he gets on base for him all the time? Nick Madrigal won't sniff the
3: field on the south side. He's going to get traded. Oh, my God. Fight me. <laughs>
5: <laughs> they know I love Nick Madrigal and they hate him. Uh, sorry.
0: Uh, I know no. the I know the mixed feelings about Madrigal so I had to throw that one in there.
1: <laughs> no,
0: no. By the way, Doug Glanville was the name I was. It dating. was Glanville, yeah. Yeah, I, I, so yeah, I was gonna good. say
1: that, but you were, that you was were wrong. Killing so. me! Killing me. I, I didn't know you said the Hazers before. <laughs>
5: that was the whole dude. That was the whole reason the one kid got banned because Glanville made a huge
4: deal about it. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Good good luck. Lurry and Eloy getting banned from Wrigley this week. Yeah, right. The whole team team puts Uh, up that sign. (laughs) uh, (laughs) One one thing when we were talking, uh, Eloy, you know, he had said, you know, you never got to see him in Cubby Blue. And one thing that I really liked from him, it's like, I feel like, you know, he's not like, doesn't feel like he was spited. Obviously he understands the business of baseball, but in a spring training game, I can't remember if it was this year or last year. um, When... The White Sox were playing at the Cubs stadium in Mesa and you had been out for a little bit. I think it was almost a week uh, with like just a little like nagging like injury hit a and okay. he, was, he was finally like almost cleared to uh, play, but they didn't have him in the lineup to start. And then in the latter innings with the bases loaded, they let him pinch hit and he hit a grand slam. Mm-hmm down at mesa there um i just remember that and i feel like there's a little bit of a chip on his shoulder maybe not uh like you know complete like a few guys but i want to show you guys what you're missing out on so it'll definitely be interesting to see him uh play at wrigley that
0: it will especially if again i think the i think the weather honestly it's crazy how much that ballpark plays to the weather because you know, I look at tomorrow's forecast right now, and it says, you know, the high is 70, the low is 60, and sunshine. So maybe we do get some wind blown out tomorrow night. And then, you know, for that game on Wednesday, 65-54 is the low and some rain. You know, it might be a, literally a tale of two ballparks in, in two separate nights. Um, so that'll be something to, to certainly keep an eye on. But, I mean, it'll it'll be interesting. There's, there's so many... I feel like this is also the first year in a while, too, where there's just so many storylines, I feel like, going into this series. It's not just Cubs-Sox. You have the Eloy. You have, you know, Ke- you know, uh, what's Quintana doing in comparison? You know, what's, you know, Lester doing? leo Like, there's just so much going on for once. And it's just like, oh, wow, okay, this is, you know, it's not just reading about, okay, well, the, you know, like, I think, like, 2014, where it was like, okay, the 23 and, you know, Thirty-five White Sox played the twenty-two and thirty, you know, six Cubs. Like, you know, this is actually a, a year where they're both competitive and they're both good. And you know, one's an up-and-coming kind of rising team, and the other one's, you know, an established NL powerhouse right now. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's actually going to be a very fun series. All right, guys, we can't thank
5: you enough for coming on and, you know, enjoying this Crosstown matchup with us. Um, We should definitely try and do this again before the next Crosstown series. You know, maybe banter a little bit about a summary of this series and then looking forward to that next series. Um, But other than that, we appreciate you guys, and best of luck to you. You know, we're not bad sports over here. We uh, may the best team win. Yeah, absolutely. Game, so.
3: yeah, for sure, for
5: sure. Yeah, good
0: luck. We'll, uh, we'll host you guys over on our side then for uh, the next section of the series. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, it works for me.
3: Yeah, take the high road, Jonda, because that was a lot nicer than what I would have had to say.
5: I was going to say, I was waiting for Tony. <laughs> to more well, we know how your jinx effect work, so we need you myself. to keep your mouth shut right
3: now. <laughs> Socks are going to go 0-2. <laughs> go <laughs>
4: there we go. We, we got the official here? crazy mark.
1: We got the, yep, uh, the crazy Marchese
4: like effect going <laughs> uh, full blown into this Crosstown series first uh, installment of it. So um, guys, thank you again for coming on. I'm sure there'll be plenty of Twitter banter, um, plenty of stuff in our group chats going on, but you know, we'll make this a fun one, uh, make it a fun one for both our shy Sox weekly or Northside nine followers, all of the on tap followers uh, and get a little taste of, you know, how dedicated we are to these teams. And that is the whole point of this. Um, we got guys that absolutely live, Uh, and die Cubs baseball on the North side there that came on the night. And we've got obviously our South side or die crew here uh, at tri Sox weekly. So um, it's good. It's good to be passionate. That's all I've got for this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, thanks again for having us guys. It was fun. Always fun to talk baseball with you guys and um, yeah, may the best teams win. Um, It's, it's actually a meaningful series for both teams this year. They're both good Um, So just that alone um, makes it worth watching for, for Cubs and Sox fans alike.
3: Absolutely. Thanks, guys. We hope to talk to you again soon.
0: Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Huge, huge thank you to our... On tap sportsnet counterparts, the Shy Sox Weekly guys, a huge thank you to them for hosting us tonight. Um, will be tomorrow when everybody gets to listen to this. A little crosstown preview as the Northsiders and Southsiders will battle at Wrigley Field on um, Tuesday and Wednesday night, and then we will reconvene with our. Friends over at Shy Sox Weekly, um, roughly around the July Fourth holiday, we'll we'll get some you know some banter going about what happened in the first two games, and then uh, we'll be able to talk further then on uh, the last two games. That'll then happen down at Guaranteed Rate right Field on the south side. Uh, just some quick tidbits of information uh, for our North Side Nine listeners. Obviously, um, the largest series going on right now for the Cubs is The Crosstown Classic, the two-game set with the Chicago White Sox. However, following that up, the Cubs are home for eight straight games. That's right, you heard me correctly, eight straight games. Uh, From the 20th, which will be Thursday, all the way through Sunday, uh, the Cubs will host the New York Mets. Um, All of those games are 120 first pitches except for that first game on Thursday night. It'll be a 7.05 first pitch. Uh, that's certainly a good series to keep an eye on. Um, although the Mets not great this year, um, they, you know, Jason DeGrom is arguably the best pitcher, one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, so that should be a good series and, you know, also get to hear all the old, you know, kind of stories, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, folklore maybe of the old, you know, Mets Cubs rivalry, um, of the olden days following that series, um, you know, at the at the end of the month then, uh, we get four games with the Atlanta Braves. That is the first place Atlanta Braves. They've been very hot. They've been very good this year. Um, those are all 7.05 first pitches, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then Thursday, because it's travel day for the Cubs, it'll be a one twenty first first pitch at Wrigley. And that all happens before they go take on the Cincinnati Reds in Cincinnati. And then following that, they will be in Pittsburgh for a four game set with the Pirates that ends on the 4th uh, the holiday that is a Thursday they get July 5th off and then they quote-unquote travel to the Chicago White Sox as we mentioned before when we will uh, get to chat further with our um, on tap friends over at Shy Sox Weekly Uh, and then it'll be all-star break so you know pretty much from here on out you'll probably hear us at least two more times I'm hoping. Um, here at Northside 9, we'll be able to talk further about what happened with the Crosstown Classic as well as those Mets and Braves series. Um, you know, potentially get to reconvene with you then after that Cincinnati Pittsburgh set of seven games on the road. Uh, before that off day, hopefully, that's when we'll get to talk to our friends at Shy Sox Weekly and then uh, close out the Crosstown Classic before the Cubs head into All Star Break. Um, without further ado, um, thank you for listening to this episode of the North Side Nine Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with our friends over at Shy Sox Weekly. Do give them a follow, do pay attention to their stuff. They are constantly putting out great content. Um, even if you're not a White Sox fan, refer one of your White Sox fan friends because let's be honest, as Cubs fans, we all have that friend that roots for the Southsiders. Um, they do a great job over there. Um as a part of the On Tap Sports family, uh, which we at the Northside Nine are a part of, make sure at ontapsportsnut.com to check out all of our Cubs works as well. Uh, we got guys like Brian and and Doug and you know many others um, posting a lot of great work. If we're just being entirely honest here, a lot of great work um, about your beloved Chicago Cubs. So give them a che- you know check them out. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're all over the place. Anywhere you can find us, you can find us at OnTap Sports Net. Uh that's at OnTap SportsNet on Twitter and Instagram. OnTap Sports Net on Facebook, and our website is once again onTapSportsnet.com. That all said, we are the North Side Nine Podcast, the official Chicago Cubs podcast of the OnTap Sports Network. And without further ado, I am your co-host Ron Luce with a big thank you from my co-host Justin Hunter and producer James Jacobson as well. We hope you have a great day, night, whenever you decide to listen to this, Um, and let's go Cubs.